Bob, you're 120 years old. Bucky. <laughs> Bucko. <laughs> I brought a full Bob this morning. Do you want to open up that can of whoop ass? All right, it's open. The whoop ass is open. Let's go for it. <sighs> okay. Yeah, see that side? That side says you're not ready. Welcome to the intro. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Bob Galen. You know, I, Josh, I'm getting tired of you. You're Are so you? full of yourself all the time. Mm. You've got an ego the size of Montana. You know that? Yeah. It's huge. I'm well aware. Are you? Yeah. Is there something you can do about that? I don't think so. That's probably <laughs> true. Wait, on to the episode? Should we discuss that? I think so. Okay, let's do that. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm Bob Galen. It's, it's it's a beautiful day in Fuquay Varina, Josh. Number one, it always is. Number two, I'm going to warn all the listeners out there. What? Put your seatbelts on. Bob is unleashed today. I'm just, I'm, you know what? Every, every day that I wake up above ground is <laughs> a good day. Okay, that's and fair. I, it's, it's, it's more than fair. It's like, I'm like, well... I, I've I've been given the gift of another day, yeah. And then and then that's my Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Sunday, and then the cherry on freaking top is coming down the Fuquay Arena to my buddy's house, putting on your cool as a moose hat, hat and recording a Metacast. Okay, all right. Well, let's do it then. Let's turn that energy into something fantastic. Okay. So today's topic came from a listener. Oh, do you want to read it? Because I don't remember it. Uh, or or give it a, a Josh It is synopsis. from a listener that had an idea to continue our hard stuff, or as Bob likes to call them, the hard bits. We like to keep you on your toes. I call it stuff. He calls it bits. So we'll just keep that. They're bits. They're stuff. They're bits. Well, they're Come on. Stuffy bits. You ever have bacon bits? Yeah. All right. Okay. These are hard bits. Le- okay. So back to the topic. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Uh, this one, I think Bob intentionally lined this one up at me. No. At me. So this comes from a listener. Um, I don't know if they would like us to share the name or not, so I won't. Um, We will um, paraphrase a little. Call them Bill. Bill. William. 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 Okay. Be very formal. Yes. Because that's that's how we are. Okay. So William uh, asked... How to keep egos under control. And my concern was like, well, that sounds kind of like our self-awareness episode. But yet, I think this is in the opposite direction. Well, I think this is, I, I, I mean, it, I think it's it's around it. But I think it's worthy to, to deep dive into mm-hmm. it a little bit. Yeah. So, some of the areas of discussion that William asked us to consider is impacts of baggage carried by one or more people, career ambitions, and individual reward systems on ego in the workplace. Yeah. Uh, do you know anybody with a large ego? Uh, I don't think uh, nothing comes to mind. No one comes to mind. 
Really? I have a very healthy ego. Oh, it's healthy. That's it's, <laughs> it's well fed. It's, it's well nurtured. <laughs> One might say it's maybe a 2XL in size. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, yeah. And then you have a. Probably a triple. Pray tell. <laughs> you have a healthy ego. Yes. I uh, More than healthy, I think. Potentially unhealthy. So we can we can share from the heart a little bit on mm-hmm. this topic as well, and then experience experiences we've had. Yeah. Have you ever worked with anyone with a large ego? Oh yeah, with a large ego. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I've worked with you, Bob. Uh, you have, and, uh, and there are others. There are uh, others. No, no. Uh, where do we want to start? Um, so I, I want to start with the concept. I want to throw it out there, and I'm already arguing about it in my brain. Can you achieve a high-level position in an organization without an ego of reasonable size? Is it like a requirement to become a VP of something-something? Um, I mean, I've had VP-level positions, mm-hmm. and... um. And they were at a mature level. I'm just, all I can say is I can, I'll use myself to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like later on in my career where I had gotten my ego more in check. Mm-hmm. And so I I like to think I wasn't very ego driven or anything like that. So I think the answer is yes. I, I think it's rare though. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if I looked at the universe of, Senior leaders, like let's call it hubris, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Ego, full of themselves. Probably eighty percent of the ones I encounter, right, in very executive level positions, they are these are not the egoless servant leaders that you th- that you think of. I agree completely. Is that where you, is that where you're going? Yeah, I, j- just because I have talked to people, and the disproportionate amount of leaders that are out there where the ego is out of control sometimes leads people to believe that, oh, to be a leader, that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. Right. That's unfortunate too, right? And that's the, so that's why I think this episode can be really important is there will be a significant amount of people that you run into with this issue and do not fall into the trap that to achieve that position, if, if that's something that you desire, you need to operate like that because you don't. As you were talking, I was thinking, though, not disagreeing, but adding nuance to it. I, in my mind, my brain went to command and control, waterfall, traditional mm-hmm. organizations, and agile organizations. I actually would almost separate those two and say, if I am a senior leader in waterfall organizations, then I don't know if I can be egoless. I mean, that the entire nature of that is or I'm exaggerating, but telling people what to do, yeah, right? Being prescriptive, mm-hmm. uh, not being very, you know, it's about you. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's directly and indirectly about you. It's about getting the project out the door. It's about serving the customer. It's right. about me looking good. It, it's almost interleaved. So I think this egos are less important idea leans towards agile context, yes. right? Yeah, over waterfall context. Like I don't know if you're going to be successful. This sounds extreme, but it, I don't think you're going to be a, a successful leader 
if in a waterfall context, if you're like a monk, right? If you're very certain, yeah, right, yeah, right. It's just not going to work for you, mm-hmm. right? You're going to hit a threshold like really quickly. Yeah, it's hard to be top down and be successful if the top doesn't really, really believe in themselves. Yeah, and like to a ridiculous amount. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so so I, so I think that's fair. If if a if you look around your organization, especially since this is typically from our podcast viewed with an agile lens. Yep. If you look at your organization and you believe a bulk of your leaders to have a very heavy ego that drives them in the way they operate, because you and I have large egos, but we try to keep them in check. That yep. doesn't mean we're always successful. Yep. But if you see that driving things, you're probably not in that, an agile shop. Yeah. I mean, you may be thinking you are. You may be going through the motions, you may be hoping it's going to become one. And it's going to, yeah. yeah, exactly. But it's the 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 ultimate prognosis is not good for you. And I hate to make it sound, but it's really that clear to me. Yeah, those folks are. They're just not. There's all these aspects to it. Like you're not self aware, mm-hmm. and you're not you're not even reflective. Very. I know I'm stereotyping, but I think it's fair that the, those folks are. Like, it's about people doing what I want. It's not about me developing, mm-hmm. right? It's not about me developing myself or having a retro. You know, we were talking in previous Metacasts about doing being reflective. I don't think those folks are reflective. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say something, and we'll see how this goes, or if people revolt when I say this. Probably not, giving our listenership. But one of the things that I really, really, really inspect when I join a company is who the leaders are. And not only who the leaders are, but I inspect their background. What did they what do they do before they achieve this position in this role? And I don't know that I will ever work for a company where the CEO is a former sales executive. Because in my experience, to be successful leading sales in an organization that is successful, ego is required. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but like that's that's who that's what is required of that role for the sales leaders that I've seen. That's kind of a requirement for them to deliver on all the right. things. And then when that transitions into the CEO, I I have yet to in my career see where that person then can shed that and put it to the side and become right. the servant leader because right. that's not how they got there. So that's something that I've really become in tune with when I look at who are the leaders of this organization that I'm potentially going to join. I mean, I'm torn with that. I'm torn because it's stereotyping people, right? Based Mm -hmm. on like their LinkedIn profiles. So a part of me agrees with you Mm -hmm. and a part of me disagrees from the stereotyping. Like, is everyone really that way? But I get, I get your point. Yeah. I, I do look at, I mean, it's not just sales is a trigger for me. Uh, size of company is a trigger for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have other triggers like project management. If any, if anyone's done anything from a PMO perspective or I get triggered even with people having PMPs. Mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't say this on the Metacast, but it's, it's like, but when I see a PMP, it used to be when I saw a PMP, you know, 20 years ago, it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. they're a project yeah. manager. Yeah. Now... It's like a red flag in mm-hmm. front of a bull or something like that. I, I do not, and I, I have to resist that, that triggering. Uh, and I'm, I can, but I, I know I get triggered by that. So the whole history, companies you've worked for, roles you've had, mm-hmm. uh, even what you say you do, 
You know the uh, overview in um, LinkedIn, where oh, yeah. you have like yeah. an overview. You know, you could be yeah, like, I've I've driven five organizations to three hundred percent. You know, ROI incremental year over year improvements, right? And just the language, like, are you using I language versus team language or organizational right. language? That's a red flag to me as well. Yeah, agree, agree. Yeah. I, I do think we have to be careful, Metacasters, though, about that's something that's interesting to read. I think you got to give people a fair chance. Like mm-hmm. if you were looking, if you're going to hire someone or join, I would do the interview, right? Uh, I don't know if I would exclude an interview based on a LinkedIn yeah, profile. I have never done that. But what I have done is I really, really, really dig in. When I was I, a three, really dig yeah, in. And potentially fourth. <laughs> oh, again, it's just historical baggage that yeah. I bring with that yeah. where there have been organizations that I was excited to join, but then when the rubber met the road, when things got difficult, reality came out. I was like, oh, this is not what I thought it was, which is why we talked about look around in your organization and you might aspire to become an agile organization. But for that to happen, if the leaders aren't in that supportive mind frame, it's going to be really, really hard. Doesn't mean it can't happen. No, I'm, I'm, but it's going to be like, think back to Teradata. You and I had a different it's, level. It's almost Halloween. So you're bringing back to the horrors of my past, right? Well, but, the, but the difference was that you and I had a different level. I, I agree. Of I can deal with this and or I believe tolerance this or whatever right. you want to call you it. You had enough experience or baggage or whatever to be like, nope, I'm out. Yeah. And I look back like, man, Bob was way smarter than me. And I stayed there for multiple years because I, because I believed it was going to happen. And I thought the change was going to become a thing. And I do believe we could have gotten there, but it wore me down from the amount of effort that was required to make the changes. That's part of the learning. We can can call it baggage or whatever. Um, it, it's funny. I, as you were talking, I was thinking about it. We look at the same set of data, mm-hmm. and this is true in life, right? Two people, mm-hmm. different experiences. They yep. look at exactly, you and I were looking at the exact same people, yep. the exact same events, and I'm like, holy shit, get me the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. And you're like, not. Nah, same data, yeah. but just different filters, mm-hmm. right? Different tolerances, different experiences. And, th- and I, I think that's true of everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you want to, I think egos you want to factor in. Uh, can I switch gears a little bit, please? So let's say we have, uh, I uh, we want to go. I'm a traditional leader, and I want to move to uh, agile leadership, and I want to I want to chip away at my ego, mm-hmm. but I don't know what that looks like. And I'm looking for these Metacast guys to help me out. Like I'm well intentioned. I know I know I I'm full of myself, and mm-hmm. I know I have to transition. What do I? What are some things that I can do? Hmm. Like, how do you, how does a, t- a tiger change their stripes? Well, how do you, how do you, you and I did. Yeah. We said we did. Right. And we're not, we're not exceptional. We're not. The, well. We are. We said we have egos. Yeah, we, gotta, we are. We gotta, we gotta, yeah, we, we gotta, are. We got to lean into it here. I mean, that yeah, is the episode. Yeah, you're, you're incredible, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but we chipped away and without without reducing it to rubble. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some things? I can think of one. I, so if you're struggling. The only thing I've got is I can like tell you how I got there. Right? Like the it was I don't want to be that. 
it was that is really frustrating. So the anti-pattern yeah, sort of view. It was the anti-mentor yeah. approach that I took that I felt frustration, pain and suffering, multiple death marches with projects. And it was like a promise to myself yep. that when I am in that position, I will not do that to other people because it was done unto me and the golden rule. Like I don't, I don't, okay. I don't want to be that person. I got that. I mean, I think, I think that's part of my journey too is, is encountering those folks and then reflecting a little bit that, that mm-hmm. it's a little extreme. So I, I would buy that. I have one, uh, that I was thinking about in the car coming down here uh, of hiring people who are better than you. Oh yeah. Um, and that's hard because mm-hmm. you have to, you have to sort of let go of your ego or, mm-hmm. I mean, these are literally your, and that's one of the edicts I think of effective hiring mm-hmm. is hiring people who are better than you are. Yeah. But it requires like chipping away at your ego a little bit to do that. What yeah. do you think? Agree completely. And, and that's, that's part of the whole journey is like learning how to hire, learning how to not hire yourself, learning to do all of those things. Um, yeah, because that because that's step one is you are willing to set your ego aside and not be the smartest person in the room. Exactly. On maybe just a topic. Like maybe start with a topic. Yep. Don't 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 try and do this across everything that you do, but say for for this part of my organization, I am going to hire an expert that will be the expert in this realm, and I accept the fact that they will be smarter and better than I am at that, and I'm yep. cool with it. Yeah. And I mean, really do it. I've, I've, I mean, most leaders that I've interacted with, you know, they all say that, mm-hmm. right? I want to hire the best of the best. I want to hire a, what is it, A players or whatever, A plus mm-hmm. players. But then when you look at their organization and recent hires, that they're, they haven't really done it. Mm-hmm. So, so there's actually translating it, whatever it looks like to chip your ego away mm-hmm. and to actually do it. Because in the interview, you're going to be thinking to yourself, holy crap, this person, like, yeah, like it's a risk. It's putting yourself, it's putting the business above yourself, mm-hmm. right? There's a servant leadership aspect to it. I mean, when you, when I've hired great people, I, I mean, I have to get to the point where, you know, I don't look at it as a threat, mm-hmm. right? I've just, I've normalized to that. And it's like, and you embrace it mm-hmm. and you welcome that. But I think that's a really hard step for people to take. Uh, but it's part of the chipping away at it. So don't, don't just go through, I mean, maybe step one is being aware of it, but really get to step two where you actually hire great people. Yeah. Right. You're not, you're not just, it's not just a, you know, a slogan. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a reality. Anything else? Or maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Go ahead. So there's something that you're going to have to work really, really hard at and will take time. You are going to have to transform the culture of your organization to where people are willing to challenge you because I bet yeah. they are not right now. And you might in a meeting say to your team, like, okay, like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get better at this. And I want you guys to like, give me the facts and don't hold back and don't worry. Nothing bad is going to, in fact, I'm going to encourage and, and really try and promote a culture where that is the thing. Right. And you might say it once and think people are willing to jump into that, um, shark infested water of fear 
and they're not. No. It's going to take time and effort for you to continually set examples or highlight examples of others doing that so that your organization becomes comfortable doing that in speaking out, speaking up, saying, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Leader, I think this is a really bad plan and here's why. Because I bet no one's saying that right now out of 100% fear. And so now you've got to change that from a culture of fear to a culture of um, sharing and challenge. Well, inclusion. I was thinking earlier this notion of inclusion where, you know, all ideas matter. So if I'm doing this Mm -hmm. hiring – then another part of my egolessness is is creating inclusion so that folks, you know, they feel like welcomed to disagree. Yeah. Welcome to have alternative points. Welcome to our diversity and inclusion minute. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Bob Galen. This is probably like the third time you've heard us introduce ourselves. And you'll hear it one more time as we sign off. Oh my God, there's too much Bob and Josh. It, is that an ego thing? Like, since we're in the ego episode, like, it's just hitting me that we say our name like I don't think four it's, times. I, so I would not, I would think it's just habit. Okay. I think it's, I I don't, I, I don't I'm get a worried, real thrill I'm, out of saying Bob Gale. I'm worried we're lying to ourselves there, but okay, okay that's okay. what, that's what, this, this is 100% not about that. So, for those of you that are listening and say, hey, wait a minute, like, where's the, where's the content? Bob and I have decided to, in the middle of every episode, talk about diversity inclusion, diversity and inclusion, I'll say the words appropriately. Our intent is that we don't allow it to fade into the distance, that we are trying to keep a spotlight directly on the challenges that we as a society have. And Bob and I, in an attempt to encourage you to do the same, and help make sure that we take action. We talk about the things that we're doing to try and make a difference. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. There's been some times where I've sat here and said, oh, dang, like I don't, I don't have anything. Um, and then I feel kind of bad. But that encourages me to make sure that the next time. So that's what this is about is that, hey, you're not going to be perfect. But can we continue over the entirety if we zoom out did we make a difference? Yes, you're going to stub your toe. There might be an episode where, like, Bob, I got nothing. Baby steps. Yeah. Do you, what do you got? So I am continuing down the path of, and I'm getting help trying to figure this out. I talked about in our diversity episode this website that I was trying to build to directly attack the problem of improving hiring of diversity, especially when you want to be intentional about it. And I'm trying to like wade through the legal matters. Um, And then another thing that I got, which was kind of a gut punch is that um, one person I was talking to um, said, Hey, like, have you bounced this idea off of anybody of color? Like, would they like it? Would it, would it be perceived as, you know, so you didn't talk about that the last time. No, right. So that's the difference. Um, and I'm like, oh, well, yeah, me as a middle-aged white guy, I think this is a great this idea, the, right? Like that. this is the problem. And I was like, oh my gosh, you idiot. How have you gotten this far and trying to build this thing out and you've not actually talked to the person or a person that resembles the problem you're trying to solve. It's like, you're that stupid white guy that think they yep. know everything. Yep. Right. So that's the, that's the next step is I'm reaching out to friends and colleagues that I have, and I'm going to throw this out there and I'm hopeful that they're not like you dumb old white guy. 
Like, this is the problem. You're just like, okay, yes, I know I made a mistake, but I'm here talking to you so I can get better. Right. Um, so that's the, that's the thing that I'm doing. You could even talk to what, like Camille Sproul? I'm, she could I be am, someone. I am just trying to get a list. So if you are out there um, and you would like to talk to me about this and correct me because maybe you were frustrated by the diversity episode and what I was saying, uh, please reach out and please let me know that I am on the right track, on the wrong track, or what I should be doing with that effort. I mean, you're on the right But yes, give Josh feedback. <laughs> yeah. But you're on the right track. Yeah. That That is that epiphany that, that us white folks get sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it's a good thing and a bad thing right yeah it's no, good that it's, we have the epiphany but then you're like, it's bad you, it's like what were we doing you dope right yeah. and then we're designing it for ourselves right mm-hmm. yeah um uh, for me uh two things mm-hmm. uh one is activity and one is like a prayer request or some positive thoughts request uh the um the the change is next week i'm having a cow class mm-hmm. uh with eight people in it and i think they're all from nigeria Nice. Uh, so it's uh, it's like an African cow class. I give it all a discount. Um, I'm actually taking part of the discounted fee and giving it back. Remember that those girls mm-hmm. that those girls that were going into the boot camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm I'm fun, I'm for every seat I'm giving like a hundred dollars to those guys. So I'm excited. It's like a two for excitement. I'm running a, a cow class for for people of color. And part of that funding is going right to girls who are trying to develop their tech chops. The color, the um, uh, prayer request, everyone, I don't know if everyone's aware of what's happening in Nigeria. Uh, and it affects, so this, the boot camp had to be suspended because there's unrest over there. Hmm. Uh, there's student unrest. Uh, there's police brutality. Uh, the web designer f- of this website for this charity was killed. Wow. Um he was shot. Uh, I think a couple of the girls in the class were accosted. I don't think they were raped. A lot of police are arresting people, women, and raping them. Mm-hmm. There's, they're shooting into crowds. And it's not in the news, but Nigeria right now, uh, Lagos particularly, is just all around police brutality. And young people are going into the streets to protest it, and, and it's government conflict. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and we think if we think excessive force is happening in the U.S. over there, th- there's no rubber bullets. They're just <laughs> they're just right. firing. So so uh, there's a lot of unrest over there. I, I'm hoping the class goes. I think it will because people will be safe in their homes. I hope, but uh, just just stuff that we don't think about, right? That it's not. Um, we look at America sometimes and and. Talk. In a very egocentric way. Yeah. 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 So so uh, for whatever higher being or universe or whatever, positive thoughts for folks in Nigeria, please. They need it. Sounds good. Okay. Back to the episode? Yep. I want to add on to what you said. You were saying say it a lot. I actually think the saying it is 10 times less important than how you react yes. in the moment. Right, even even as things as subtle, uh, where where were you at? Where you, you were you were beloved? What was it? Ship shiplap or what was the name, dude? No, no, the little company down by the prison. Oh, down by the prison. What was oh, it? yeah, uh, step leader. Step leader. Yeah, <laughs> that's Metacasters. That does. That's a story for another time. <laughs> the little company down by the prison. 
<laughs> yep. I remember going down there. We did Metacast there. We did, yeah. Uh, but we were talking about they loved you and things like that. I, I actually think your words there would matter like almost zero. Mm-hmm. It was like how you reacted mm-hmm. was the real thing. Like if you got excited with constructive criticism, like 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 people saw yeah. your body language and you got really that would open that would start opening up the the doorway to that. I agree one hundred percent. But to get that first person to be willing to do that, you've got to say like you've got to say it, encourage it. You, you have to it. encourage it yeah, for I, for that first instance to happen. I agree because you're going from potential terror to yes. This, well, this is, is a new yeah. bar. Yeah. Right. Right. I. It, so I'm not, I'm yes ending. Yeah. It's the saying it yeah. multiple times. But what I'm getting at is if you frowned, like it's step leader, mm-hmm. you could have said it a billion times. You continued mm-hmm. to say it. But if you got that, Josh, you know, when you, you, you have that look when you think someone's full of crap or something or they're crazy, like yeah. you give it to me I quite like often. I see that a lot. <laughs> I see it a lot. Right. Yeah. Well, see, everyone knows that look. Everyone who's worked with you knows yeah. that look. Yeah. Your yeah, family right. probably yeah. knows yeah. it. Like, like yeah. you know, so that, that's actually more powerful is what I'm saying. You got, right. you got to manage that look. You got to be aware of that look and mm-hmm. manage that look and mm-hmm. sort of like be poker faced or something. Cause just, you could say it a thousand times. And one of those looks in a team meeting would close the doors yeah. back open. Yeah. I mean, they've closed the doors, I think, on that. So body language really, and it's not just your words, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's your inflection. It's everything. It really have to be sharp on it. Okay. So where else do we go with this? Well, one thing I want to make sure that we're doing, we've done what we do a lot as we talk about yourself and how you can make this transformation. What I think the listener is asking for is if I'm in a land of egos, how do I navigate that? How do I win? What can I do? Because that's not who I am. That's not part of the organization that I, that I aspire to be a part of. What are my, what tools do I have to combat this? One comes to mind real quickly, empathy, mm-hmm. walking in their shoes. Mm-hmm. So knowing where they're coming from, knowing what their triggers are. So good situational uh, reporting, right? So it's not just situational leadership. Mm-hmm. It's situational, like subordinate behavior. Mm-hmm. So really understanding the landscape, I think, is important. Uh, not bringing your baggage into play and making assumptions. Like you were, you know, yeah. like you were at LinkedIn, you made an assumption, mm-hmm. et cetera. So trying to reduce that, but try to be really observational of the landscape mm-hmm. and really understand where you're at. Uh, I'm I'm s- sort of nudging up against and then tell people what they want to hear, right? So I'm I'm not trying to say blow bullshit all over the place, right? I do think there's situation like knowing your battles is part of it. Yeah, definitely. Right. Like like if someone has a really huge ego, I think I'm an architect, I think I'm the human resources, I think I'm this, I think I'm that. Uh I don't know if I would try to explode or or erode all of those at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I'm not saying I would kiss up mm-hmm. on all those dimensions. So I would be looking for, what, situational, pick one area. Maybe this most important for my team. Yeah. Uh, and have some challenging conversations around it. So stroke, there's that notion of stroking someone's ego, right? I, I think stroking, if you're in a ego-heavy environment, I think to survive, you have to do some stroking. Mm-hmm. Would you? What would you say? Um, I'm trying to trigger you because I know you have different baggage than I do. Oh yeah, totally. Um, 
The thing that I always center on in these situations where, like, my brain says does not compute. Right? Like when, when someone is behaving in a way and it like that, that doesn't make sense to me is doing what you talked about and understanding their drivers. Yeah. Cause they're a good human being. They don't come in trying to ruin someone's day or crush souls. Like there's, I think there are very few people like that. Okay. I'm sure there you are could, some. You could read my face. Yes, you? I could. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like ready to yeah, you, you were. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I, so I start from the position. We'll do that. And they can prove me wrong that they're a good person with good intent, but there's some driver right. that is forcing them to operate in a way that makes things difficult in a very top down, egocentric, whatever those things are. And so trying to understand that. So that I can work with that person and understand the frustrations and challenges that are being presented to them that are causing this behavior. Right. So that's a, that's a thing that you can do. But I do think ultimately there has to come a time when you have a candid and challenging conversation with this person. It like, otherwise you just let it happen and it keeps happening. And you know what I, I was, I was, I was softening it because it really depends on where you're at in the organization. Like mm-hmm. power comes into play, mm-hmm. right? Organizational power, mm-hmm. organizational position. Mm-hmm. So for example, the, you know, an entry level software engineer listening to the Metacast mm-hmm. and has an ass full of themselves VP. If I listen to what Josh just said, Oh, you know, at some point I need to have a crucial conversation with that person. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm letting them off the hook a little bit and say, maybe don't go there. Yeah. Right. That's and fair. Maybe, you know, I, and it's, it's the right answer. I just don't know if it always lands with everyone given their family situation, given their experience situation in their company. Yeah. Right? I, I think you have to navigate a way there. And everybody's path to there yeah. is different. Do I work with my boss exactly and have a discussion with them? Like, hey, like I don't know what to do. This doesn't make sense to understand things. Maybe they can handle and that's support exactly you, my like point, that. Yeah. right? Yeah. But I, but I agree. I do agree with you. Again, if our lens is the agile organization mm-hmm. and achieving, you know, sort of solid execution in that space then at some point you have to have those crucial conversations, right? Mm-hmm. That That is an anti, I'm going to say, so big egos are an anti-pattern to Agile. We said it in Waterfall, I just want to amplify it again, right? It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So if you could, you know, you can get away with it in Waterfall. It's If you're trying to have, create a high-performance Agile organization, it needs to be, what, 80% or more ego, you know, mm-hmm. reduced ego factors. Yeah. Agree? It doesn't mean they can't exist, but... They need to be in check. So, so let's talk about. I was wondering. I was not that I wanted to lead into yeah. that, but I do. So let's use. <laughs> it's so us. No, no, no. Let's yeah. use us. Let's, okay. okay, let's use yeah. us. Yeah. So what does what does an ego in check look <clears throat> like? Like we said, healthy an ego in check. Yeah. So and then chip away. Like what? Well, what's in play? Yeah. And what's out of play? Um, <clears throat> so I've told this story before, and. So I want to apologize if you've heard it, if you listen to the 180-ish episodes or whatever we have. I interviewed it at Amazon, and they have these like 13 leadership principles or something like that. And, and so I was just reading up on those because they're like, this is going to be a discussion topic during the interview. Um, and one of them was, you are right often. And 
I was like, that's like, who, who really thinks that like, that's preposterous. That doesn't like, that's come on really. So I like walked in kind of frustrated by, by that. Um, and then what happened some number of years later, as I broke off and started to do my own thing and start my own companies, I looked back and I got frustrated with myself because I realized I was right a lot, but I didn't have the self-confidence or the ego or something to like trust myself and be like, Hey, you're right. A lot of times you should probably trust that and lean on that. So that started to shape who I was and how I thought. So at that point, I had to keep that in check. I had to not allow that to be like, well, I'm right. Like, I know what I'm doing. Like, let's not, this isn't about we, like I've got the answer. Right. So what I've had to do is recognize that I have an answer that might be pretty good, but maybe not. It's sort of, I was resonating with what, not the Amazon example, but my wording in listening to what you were saying was I'm actually right. I'm right a lot. And that's, that sounds like ego, but it's a, it's a reality. I'm right a lot. The question is, do I even have to express it? Like, and, and the answer is, and that, and it used to be so high ego. The answer was not only do I think or know I'm right, but I have to tell people and, and tell them that they're wrong or tell them to do it this way. Right. Now I have these, I mean, in my agile coaching, I mean, I get a, I get a lot of things sometimes, you know, please don't do that for, that is a yeah. disaster waiting to happen. Yeah. But I, if you tease it apart, okay, that's my knowledge now do I need to share it under these circumstances? Mm-hmm. And I think the part of that's ego in check to me is being comfortable with, I don't always have to be right. Yeah. Right. A half, a half right of Bob's solution that still meets all goals is perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't have to be my way, etc. So I think, I think, I think separating the knowing it from the saying it, is that what you were saying and, or sharing it? That's similar to what you were saying, right? I think what happens is you are comfortable with success being the outcome. Yeah. Not how you get there. Exactly. So my my general approach is that when I when I feel like I know the answer and there's a group and we're trying to get from A to Z and we're like stuck on C. Yep. But I know like I know deep down that this is how we do that. What I work to do is I work to like inject an idea or plant a seed or whatever visualization you want so that the team discovers the idea on their own. Exactly. And they, and because what happens at that point when the team owns it, when the team comes up with it, when it's theirs, they're going to own it like never before versus if I say it like, well, just do this. It just doesn't have to be about me. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't have the leg. So they're, are a million victories throughout my career where I know I caused that to happen. But the only person that knows that is you is me and maybe my wife. Cause yeah. I'm like, man, I've been working on this thing for a long time. Right. And she gets pissed off. She's like, well, you never get the credit for that. And I'm like, well, okay. But maybe, you know, in my mind, like I know that that doesn't happen. And so often many leaders that I've worked with yep. and worked for, they see it and they recognize and they recognize the difference in how the team operates now versus before. And while yep. yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the transition that I made because it could be like, well, Josh says this, Josh do this. And that just, 
that ultimately fails. My, as you were talking, my favorite example that popped into head is not favorite, but it's one with you in it. It's st- the step leader example yeah. of you complaining. So you, you, we were doing Metacast there, mm-hmm. and you were a new leader, mm-hmm. and then you were doing what Scrum Master. You had multiple roles, mm-hmm. and you were complaining the teams weren't stepping up. For, it was the retrospective. It was retrospective, yeah. and they weren't taking it on. And you complained, and I knew what the again I knew what the answer was, but it was like you know see what happens, see what happens. But I think one day you complained about it or something, and I'm like, I I, I basically was I turned into a prescriptive mode, right or mm-hmm. something, and like you know I call it the Bob backhand, like get your ass out of there, yeah. just shut up, and you d- defend. I'm like just get your ass out of there, yeah, right. So, but it took me a. My point is, it took me a while. And even then, even dropping that, you had to take it. It's not mine. It's yeah. right. So it's it's being comfortable with that journey of yeah. and just letting people discover stuff on their own. But I think that's part of the egolessness. It's not about me, mm-hmm. it's about us. Mm-hmm. And we and, and again it goes back to the interviewing. It's not Metacasters. It's saying it isn't good enough. It's in your heart. It's in your belly. You actually have to do it. So saying I'm egoless, oh, it's not about, it's about the team. And you go home every night and kick your dog or cat and complain that you didn't get enough credit. You have some work to do, right? Kicking your dog and cat. You have some work to do to make it real. Yeah, my, my, I prefer to operate in a manner when success happens, I push people forward. When bad things happen, I push people back. Yeah. And I try and take all of that heat. So do you do that? Are you willing to have success not directly attributed to you? Yep. If the answer is no, then your ego's in the way. And then that's where you've got some work to do. Yeah. There's a lot of people in the agile space. Um, people who I know and mm-hmm. love and coach, mm-hmm. et cetera, who don't, who are not self-aware that they still are ego heavy. Right. And it's, it's really a hard and it's, and it's impeding their, it's, it's actually impeding how they're accelerating organizationally mm-hmm. and they're, they're not aware of it. And all I'm, all I'm saying is, is it's hard. There's folks who would, that I know who have been doing agile for 10 years. Yeah. Metacaster is not Josh. Mm-hmm. Oh, We've no. already no, established yeah. Oh, yeah. that we are, we are freaking awesome and don't yeah. argue with us about right. it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that, but to me, that's the, that's the perfect point to wrap this up with is it can be absolutely terrifying. So do not walk away after listening to this episode and feel like you're going to flip a switch. It's going to be easy and you're not going to be scared out of your shoes because you are willing to allow things to happen beyond your control, even though you know you could grab the reins and just solve the problem. Right. How do I, how do I guide, how do I shepherd this organization into a more healthy place without me having to have my hand on every steering wheel 24 seven, because that's how I started. And that's how yeah. I was solving problems. That's how things got better was everything ran through me. And then I hated life and it just, 
just it crumbled. And the thing I always say is that the true test of an organization is when success happens, can that organization handle it? If it's very ego founder driven, then that's going to crumble under the weight of the success because that one person just can't keep up with all of the demands. So I, I want to wrap up with this thought. Mm-hmm. If you could, can you uh, do a Google search? Real I quick? can. I have the technology. All right. So Google search build build joiner and leadership agility. This is this is live, everyone. How often have we done this? Bill Joiner. Bill Joiner, like it sounds, and then leadership agility. Okay. And changewise.biz. And then there's some uh pictures there, like mm-hmm. a cone or something. So go to all the pictures. Now go back, go back, and you can <laughs> Listeners, this is <laughs> yeah, exactly. this is pair browsing. <laughs> go to go to the images. Go to the images. <laughs> exactly. This is this is exactly what they signed up for. This one right here. And there's a funnel where you should see uh, expert and then catalyst. Expert achiever and then catalyst. Okay, yeah. cool. There's That's a cone. A, yeah. Right. So you and I are looking at this picture. How do we how do we translate this for our listeners? I think they're probably already there. Okay. If they, if they were they we were slow. So uh, if you're listening, hit the pause button. Go to the Google image search. Build Joiner. Join like I'm going to join yeah. a company. Joiner leadership, and you will see a cone. So Bill has this leadership maturity model, mm-hmm. uh, and even though he calls it uh, leadership agility, it has it has very little to do with agile methods. Mm-hmm. Actually, nothing. It's mm-hmm. just le- it's our nimbleness ourselves. And he has he has uh, five levels, but the ones that he calls out here are expert, achiever, and uh, catalyst. Mm-hmm. Expert is you're leading from a position that of of knowledge, skill. Like domain experience, I know. Mm-hmm. So you're leading from a knowing and doing. You would you would do the work. This would or you would do the architecture work. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the middle achiever is setting up goals and objectives and plans and understanding capacity. It's almost like the PMO mm-hmm. version of and and then setting up. You know, these are our, our quarterly goals. And this is how we measure. So this is the OKR, mm-hmm. OKRs and metrics. So you're leading from with OKRs and stuff. So you've moved from it's about my experience to it's about me putting an umbrella around the people with experience. Mm-hmm. Catalyst is is not about you. It's about you know you're measuring your catalyst. Are you building an organization that's an effective organization? Mm-hmm. Are you so it's about team building. It's about composition and orchestration of those things. You're a catalyst and inspiration mm-hmm. uh, and then getting out of the way. And if you think about ego, so what I'm, what I was thinking about is I think ego is heavy in expert mm-hmm. almost by definition. Yeah. Right. It's probably a slightly less heavy, but still heavy in achiever mode. Right. Mm-hmm. So you still have this incredibly healthy, you know, control everything, but you're controlling everything with OKRs and stuff. It's probably not as egocentric as as uh, expert. And then catalyst is the letting go. By definition, if you read it on his website, you can see some of the yeah. definitions of these things. And so I, I thought I'd leave everyone with a model of you're you're trying to move in that direction. Yeah. If you're if you're actually interacting with someone, it's inter- You can use this model to talk back. 
where you can use this model to, to talk to an expert leader and say, you know, do you aspire to be a, 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 a catalyst? Mm-hmm. The other thing is in situational leadership, I don't think anyone is a hundred percent expert. Yeah. So some you might be eighty percent expert, fifteen percent achiever, and five percent catalyst. Mm-hmm. So to grow as a leader, you just need to change those percentages. You need right. to shift. Right. That doesn't mean re- you, you should never erase your expertness, right? But that's not just what you yeah. lean on, right? So react was that helpful? Do you think? Yeah. So there's two things, and that's where I see a lot of people struggle with becoming an agile leader is they try and turn the expert off. Like to your point, they try and dial it all the way to zero. Yeah. And the number of times I've said, like we hired you in this role because you've got tremendous experience in this realm and we don't want to put that on the shelf. But so many people in trying to become that catalyst or trying to be that agile leader or looking at how I operate and try and replicate that, like, no, like that's not what we need. We need you to be an expert and then probably an achiever if you take this model and start to grow that mindset across the organization. But like we we need that. We desperately need that. Exactly. And talk about the percentage sort of the shifting. Right. So this is really more of that kind of like it's an evolutionary that that's it's maturity. I don't know if I like that term, mm-hmm. but it it does it's a nice way of thinking about percentages and and phasing. Yeah. And lineage. Right. Yeah. So the last thing I want to leave you with um before we sign off is that now I know why you were attracted to this model. Why? Um, You and Bill Joyner share a very common headshot approach of a sports jacket with a turtleneck. One of my favorites. He's he's a very handsome. One of my, I'm not, we're not talking about, I mean, have you ever seen me in a turtleneck? Yeah, I have. I have oh, seen, oh, 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 the old photo. Yeah. On my first book. Yeah, the classic Bob Galen. Software Endgames. Yeah. Just oh, the, the picture on that. Is that a, that is a turtleneck. Yeah. Oh, you're, crap. <laughs> I used to be, yeah. I So tweed jacket and a yeah, turtleneck. Oh, yeah. That is classic that was Bob me. Galen. And Bill appears to subscribe is he there? to the same school. Yeah, he he's is, there. He he's, is there, isn't yeah. he? We're probably, you know what? I bet we're plus or minus like two years in, you know, close to age. Yeah, you know that I think yeah. it may be a generational thing. Yeah. He, does he have more hair than me? He might. He's losing yeah, it in the well, front. I'm know, losing it's, in the back. It's, it's yeah. just, you know. All right. It's a, it's a photo finish. We'll just go so Metacasters, um, just be ego aware. Mm-hmm. I th- I th- let me try to end it this way and see if you I, I think we all have healthy egos there's nothing wrong with that probably they're healthier than they should be if we want to become a good agile leader we need to start checking our egos a little bit being mm-hmm. aware of them checking them realizing that we're full of ourselves and realizing how hard it is to check your ego yeah to like really check your ego um uh, how do you want to land it I- do you like that? I felt like it has landed. All right. From beautiful downtown Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina. I'm Bob Gale. <laughs> I'm Josh Anderson. Shake <laughs> and bake. bake, y'all. Wait, no, I say bake. Why do you st- see your I ego? I stole it. Your I stole ego. it. My ego got in the way. Oh. oh.